All right, so Hosea week four, why do people hunger for evil? I want to point you to Matthew 14, chapter 14. Uh, I actually shared this with our bright ladies uh, because we're going through in bright mornings, we're going through our morning devotionals. We're going through the entire Bible. We made it through the whole Old Testament this past year, and we're in Matthew, and there's so much in Matthew. So I've already shared this with them, but it was worth repeating because it was a nugget I found. And it's actually right before Matthew 14 begins. In my particular Bible, the heading to kind of summarize Matthew 13, verse 53, into Matthew 14, the heading that this um, this author wrote was, Jesus encounters differing reactions to his ministry. Jesus encounters differing reactions to his ministry. So this is going to relate to how, I mean, we can do good and yet we have people react negatively. We can be doing good. Jesus was Jesus performing miracles and there were differing reactions to his miracles. How can that be? And so when we do good, when Hosea took back an adulterous wife and did good and was merciful and gracious there was differing reactions. When Job, uh, who was a godly man, the Bible says, had things taken away, people looked at him and they had differing reactions. Their reactions were, well, what did Job do wrong? What was the sin in his life? Uh, as we walk through life with our kids, our teenage kids right now after a pandemic and being locked up, um, we've walked some tough roads this past year, as many of you probably have. And we've made some adjustments and some changes. And we have our kids in a private Christian school. And we're get, getting differing reactions. Like, why would we do that? Well, you know what? Um, even when you do good, you're going to have people's opinions and differing reactions because people seem to have evil in their mouth, in their heart, and and what springs forth from them so easy. That seems so easy. It's kind of like it's so easy to put on pounds. It's so hard to take it off. It's so hard to take off the weight and do good. It's so easy to add the weight and to eat bad. And that's because the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion. But uh, my friend and our mentor in our life, Barry, Pastor Barry Edgman, he said this to our staff recently. He prowls around like a roaring lion. He's an imposter. He's an imitator. God is the lion of Judah. Jesus is the lion of Judah. He's the one who wins, who conquers. Yet Satan prowls around like he is a lion. He's looking to devour, though, not set free. And so it's so easy because the enemy is so sly and manipulative that even Jesus, who was performing miracles, had mixed reaction. Mind blown. I'd never thought about that. And then right away in chapter 14 of Matthew, Herod is beheaded. I'm sorry, Herod beheads John the Baptist. John the Baptist, who baptizes Jesus, who clears the way, makes the way for the coming Jesus. Herod is beheaded. I keep saying that. Herod beheads John the Baptist. John the Baptist is beheaded, and he did good. He was actually the guy who baptizes Jesus before his ministry. Why do people hunger for evil. Well, um, Hosea saw the same thing. 
And you've seen this throughout the book of Hosea. He was soft. He was gentle. This is like the Holy Spirit. Hosea is the Old Testament representation of what it looked like for the Holy Spirit in the flesh. He was asked to go and take an adulterous wife, just like God takes on all of us who are unfaithful to him in the small and the medium and the large things. And Hosea was soft and gentle and merciful and went and picked uh, Gomer out of the prostitution and the defiled junk and brought her in and loved her and took her in and forgave her. And Gomer let uh, guilt turn into shame and, and pushed against Hosea, like many of us do. And even in this merciful presence of Hosea, Gomer continued to long to do evil. She continued to long for the world. But um, this is another quote that Pastor Barry said recently, and man, I've been chewing on this for over a week now. Weak minds, not even a week, it feels like it. It's been a few days, and this is how much this has impacted me. Weak minds are where demons emerge first. Weak minds are where demons emerge first. Now, you can take that personally and think of the times that you go off on your spouse, you go off on your kids, and you regret it so bad. It's the times that you post something on social media and you wish you could pull it back in and it never existed. When we're weak in the mind, the demons come and they 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 lure us or they, they make us question, they make us compare, and it's where the demons emerge first when we're weak. But also, when we're doing good and when we're doing what God's told us to, he, the demons arise first from the weak minds of people watching you. People who they're not going through, uh, they're going through a divorce. You're not. You're, you're actually doing good in your marriage. And then you're attacked. But a lot of times you're being attacked by those who are weak in their faith. They're going in neutral in their faith and they're falling backwards. And then they're the ones to speak up because the demons are able to speak and question and talk in their head and they let it come out. I'm not saying they're possessed. I'm not saying they're possessed, oppressed. What I'm saying is that we all have, have demonic activity around us at all times. We live in the spiritual realm and the thoughts and the, the comparison and the negativity that when our mind is weak, when our flesh is weak, our, well, not our flesh, our spirit is weak, our mind is weak and our flesh is taking over, the demons emerge there first. So I'm going to end our whole study and this is going to be a brief week four because I feel like there's just power in this and I hope that this will help some people and maybe you'll share this because it's going to be brief and it's going to be right to the point. What leads to a weak mind? I want you to let this fit you and I want you to let this fit someone who's attacked you or will attack you in the weeks to come. Now, you may only find out from a third party that so-and-so said this about you or so-and-so said this about your child or this this could be fitting for you when your mind is weak but this is also fitting and you need to remember the cliche consider the source and remember the cliche hurt people hurt people so that you can consider okay are they weak-minded right now like are they going through financial hardship so now they're pointing fingers at anybody who is successful financially successful um, in what God's doing in their life so what leads to a weak mind I have four things if you're taking notes. What leads to a weak mind? Number one, guilt turned to shame. Shame is not of the Lord. Guilt, when we do something wrong and we are guilty, we can feel guilt or conviction and that 
comes from the Lord. Conviction of the Holy Spirit saying, ah, Sonny, you just went too far. You just shared way too much information that turned into gossip. I should feel guilty and convicted and change my ways and maybe go back and say, I'm sorry, that was evil and vile about that that lady or that family. I am sorry. Like one, I told you things I didn't need to tell you. And now I've created a second offense in you. So I need to act on guilt and conviction. But when guilt turns to shame, like Gomer over and over again, she'd go and have an affair on Hosea But then she would just feel so ashamed that she just couldn't go back. I can't be your wife. I'm too terrible. And that shame is what Satan wants to do. He wanted Eve to hide from God. Now, Eve was guilty of eating the apple. She was guilty of saying, here, Adam, eat the apple. But they both took the guilt and the conviction that they should have felt and said, we are sorry, God. And instead, they turned it to shame. They ran and then they blamed Shame turns us into blaming, which I'm going to get into that in a minute. That's the fourth point. But then they hid and their shame was keeping them from the presence of God. So number one, guilt turned to shame leads to a weak mind. The second thing that leads to a weak mind, number two, is being in neutral in your growth turns to going backwards. Being neutral in your spiritual, your mental growth turns to going backwards. Remember last week or the week before in this study, I talked about how life is an uphill climb. It gets harder. It does. But so if you're in a car and you're on a slope and you put your car in neutral, what's it going to do? It's going to roll back. There's no being neutral in your spiritual walk. I can't rest on the worship time I had two weeks ago at church or the worship I played yesterday in my home, I can't rely on last week's reading of Matthew 14 and think that that's just going to propel me and continue. It's continual. And so when I go in neutral in my spiritual growth, I ultimately roll backwards. And that leads to a weak mind, the rolling backwards. You have to be in gear. You have to always be growing. You have to always be seeking Jesus. Number three, and what leads to a weak mind? Comparison turned to jealousy and hate. Now, comparison, just like guilt, staying in guilt isn't good. Just like being in neutral isn't good. Comparison isn't being good, but it's the t- letting that turn to something bigger, which is jealousy and hate. If you are comparing your home to someone else's home that's bigger, grander, on the water, whatever it may be, and you let that turn to jealousy and hate rather than, wow, I'm comparing my life to them, and that's very sad. But but I'm going to take that comparison, and I'm going to know that there's room for me to achieve more. Or good for them. Like, I'm glad their business is going well. Or I'm glad that, obviously, they've budgeted well, and God has blessed them. When I, because I'm going to compare. I'm going to compare to that girl who's a size two, and I am not a size two. I'm going to compare to that. But when I then turn it into, I hate her, and she just thinks she's something with her cute little body, that's when it turns to jealousy and hate. Or if I let that comparison make me quit eating and I get an eating disorder because comparison has turned into a hate of my own body, that's where we get a weak mind. The last thing of what leads to a weak mind, number four, is disappointment turned to blame. Disappointment turned to blame. Like I said, um, guilt 
can turn to shame. So guilt and can also be disappointment in yourself. So disappointment turned to blame could be, I'm disappointed with how my children have turned out, but now I'm going to blame the school. I'm going to blame um, their father that if he was just a better example and I'm having to carry all this weight on myself of raising my kids, um, I'm disappointed my marriage didn't work out. So I'm going to blame my ex-wife or my ex-husband. And I'm going to just let this unforgiveness just grow. And suddenly my mind has become weakened by the hate, by the jealousy, by the disappointment. And so disappointment turned to blame leads to a weak mind. Let me recap that real quick. What leads to a weak mind? Because that's where demons emerge first in you or in others. Number one, guilt turned to shame. Number two, neutral in your growth turned to falling backwards. Number three, comparison turned to jealousy and hate. And number four, disappointment turned to blame. Here's how we fight it. We stop it when we feel the guilt. We stop it when we're in neutral. We stop it at comparison and we stop it with disappointment growing into more. What we do is we realize we're going to have all of those emotions and all of those seasons in our life. But we're not satisfied and we're not going to let it get worse. We're going to take a hold of it. We're going to take thoughts captive. We're going to press into Jesus and grow in him so that we don't have a weak mind. And then when we have someone attack us, we realize that maybe one of those four things happened to them. They have a weak mind. The demons emerge to to whisper in their ear, to talk bad about you, to gossip, to attack you, to spread rumors. And you can go, okay, let me consider the source. Let me consider that hurt people hurt people. Gomer was a hurt woman who would not relinquish control to Jesus. And she wanted the things of the world. The book of Hosea, again, is Hosea representing the Holy Spirit, gracious, he's merciful. He comes back and he says, I'll I'll take you in your shame. I'll take you in your jealousy and hate. I'll take you in the blame you live in. I'll take you as you're falling backwards. I'll take you, I'll wrap you up and I will give you a new start again today. So I love you guys. Thanks for being a part of this study. I hope that if you missed any of them, there's only four of these. You can go to A Sunny Look at the Bible. You can go to, on any uh, podcast, A Sunny Look at the Bible on all podcast platforms or to Sunny Hennessy YouTube and you can watch this with the beginning chopped off and you can watch this and be a part of the full study and my other studies I did before. I love you guys so much. Let me pray for you as we end this study. God, thank you for using Hosea to show us the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. We didn't have to wait till Acts in the New Testament to see the Holy Spirit revealed. God, you are three in one. And and we learned about that week one, but God, thank you that it blows our mind. You can be one, but you can be three. And you have different personality and character traits and all of them. And thank you that you showed us the Holy Spirit through Hosea and that Hosea lived a life that was his sermon. Let us live a sermon as our life, God, and that it has sermons have beginnings and the problem. They have the climax of the story. And then God, they have the answer in them. So let us just walk out the sermon of our life. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen.